As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Three, two, one, zero. Hello. Welcome to... Episode 221. Fam Vesta. Hey, Money Clan, a warm welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. So, Katie, really fun conversation we had with Sunny and Sun Marie today. I know, it was so fun getting to talk to another couple about, like, couple financially things, because that's not something that we get to do all the time. Yeah, and we're super excited. We're going to be on their podcast as well. They actually have a YouTube video of us as well. So it's a pretty cool little recording that we did. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely fun. And they're our age as well. They're 29 and 31. And they're just really crushing it in the investing in real estate sector. So it was really nice to be able to pick their brain and they laid out everything like super simple. Yeah, I absolutely love it. All right, Kate. Well, right before we dive into today's show, if you guys haven't already, we'd love if you followed us on Instagram. It's at Chain of Wealth on Instagram. And we'd love to know if you have any real estate investments. Let us know on Instagram. All right, Kate, you ready to dive it in? Yeah. Fantastic. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Sunny Burns is 29 and works full-time as a project engineer for the Department of Defense. He is happily married with two amazing little boys. Sunny is the founder of famvesta.com, a blog and podcast where he shares about financial independence and creating strong families. Together with his wife, they own a rental property business worth $1.75 million in assets and over $150,000 annual gross rent. He enjoys the simpler things in life, like listening to books, running, biking, playing ultimate frisbee, and going on hikes with his family. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, us, guys. So joined with my wife, Sun Marie, today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So super excited to talk to you guys. We got to meet a little bit at FinCon a 
few weeks ago now, but FinCon is kind of like a whirlwind. Um, so glad yeah. we got to, we're getting to catch up now, finally. Yeah, I've been excited about this. I was at FinCon too. I just uh, never made an appearance. I hung up by the pool. Ah, <laughs> it's a low profile. She had, she had two little ones to watch over. I had the kids, yes. I was nice. on childcare duty. <laughs> Touring the Smithsonian's. It's actually amazing how many couples do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a, it's a fun way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... I want to dive in first because the first thing that I noticed is you guys are a young couple. I want to say late 20s, early 30s. Sunny, you I'm said 29. 29. So en- enjoy that last you know few months you have because let me tell you, <laughs> when you hit 30, it's like your body realizes and then everything like breaks, hurts, or slows down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, yes. <laughs> so... You guys are like this incredible, like dynamic duo where you have started this whole business together. So like, can you tell us, I'm sure it's like a long story, but like a little bit of the backstory behind it, like what started it and some of your struggles that you've had? Yeah. So I guess what we kind of like to share about is kind of our real estate journey. And so we say $1.75 million in real estate assets, and that sounds monumentous, but it's really just three properties we own. We own a four family that we bought in 2015. Two years later, we bought a three family in 2017. And then uh, this past um, four months ago, August in 2019, we bought another four family. So just three properties, 11 units altogether that are worth $1.75 million right now and uh, bringing in $150,000 in gross rent. So it's, it does sounds like a lot, but it's not that crazy. Uh, when we first started thinking about, uh, I guess, our lives together, you know, we got married pretty young when I was 23. Right, that was back in 2013. 2013. And we were kind of just discussing, envisioning our life together. And for us, we just kept talking about kind of having freedom and the financial freedom to pursue what we wanted to do, which was, uh, for Sunmary, I don't know if you want to explain your story and your upbringing a little bit, because that leads into this. Yeah, so, so my background actually growing up was that I was homeschooled. I was homeschooled all through my elementary, middle, and high school years, and then I went to college. But I really enjoyed the experience. I love the flexibility there. I studied to become a teacher and was a teacher, but I found that my heart was really drawn back to homeschooling. And I thought when I have kids one day, I really hope to be able to provide them with a similar education where, you know, they their education finally tuned to their needs. You know, it's not in a big classroom setting. So I expressed that to Sunny and I said, you know, when we have kids one day, I really hope we can homeschool them. And in order to do that, that means I'd probably have to be the one who stays home with them. One of us would have to. So how can we make a lifestyle that will be conducive to a single uh, income? Right. Especially in our high cost of living area. We're only 15 minutes from New York City in right. the North Jersey area, which is super high Very cost expensive. of living. Very hard to do a single income household. Right. So, you know, we didn't really have much. uh, Our thought was, you know, after listening to some podcasts, because we didn't have any friends in real estate, was let's go into house hacking or, you know, buy a multifamily property. In this case, we bought a four family property and live in one unit and then uh, rent out the other units. So we have three renters who pay kind of the mortgage, the taxes, insurance, so that we're able to live for free in the one unit. 
And we bought that actually in 2015. So two years after getting married, we were teaching. I was in, um, I was an engineer and we bought that when our son was six months old, actually. You were on maternity leave at that point for a full year. Right. And what we realized was that through house hacking, you cut out the biggest expense or the biggest drain on any couple or individual's income, which is your housing expense. And especially here in the uh, northern New Jersey, New York area, housing expenses out of this world. Rentals are just sky high and it's very hard to afford them. So if we could figure out how to cut that out of our monthly budget, we would be golden. Yeah. And we realized we could do that through house hacking. Right. So my next question for you, because then and I have also talked about maybe buying like a duplex. I don't, I feel like finding a, a complex for four families would be challenging. I guess I'm going to backtrack a little bit but is it hard is it hard to find these units like you can like all of them you can just buy the whole thing it is hard it's definitely hard it took a lot we were searching for probably about a year before we finally closed on this property um so we were just searching you know going to open houses calling up listing agents checking out properties we put in several offers but you know it's such a hot market we were putting like twenty five thousand over asking and just getting rejected by because someone put in a cash over over hours Holy cow. Right. And it is true. Four families or um, quadplexes are harder to find. They're fewer and far between. So they don't come up as often and investors know the value of them. Right. So they, they get snapped up very quickly. Because especially in our area, we have such high property taxes, you know. So our four family here, it's 12000 a year in property taxes, which is actually really low for northern New Jersey. We're in uh, Garfield, New Jersey, which actually has like subsidized pre taxes by the county. So 12000 is low, but still it's a lot for the rest of the country. So in order to make a cash flowing property, you really have to get multiple units and divide that tax, you know, amongst those properties. Because right. a single family is going to be about 12000 in taxes exactly. too. Exactly. The taxes will be the same whether you own a, a single family or a four But family. you get, you know, close to four times the rent. Right. That's absolutely crazy. So chatting a little bit about like the financing of the property, you obviously say that you do have still a mortgage on it. Were you sort of worried that, you know, you obviously are buying a unit that has four um, people or four families at least. So were you sort of worried about covering the rent initially or did you sort of rationalize it and think, well, I'll be able to um, find people quite easily to start paying the rent? Yeah, so we live pretty close to New York City, a very highly populated area. I mean, we weren't experienced at all, but we weren't too concerned about finding renters. And, you know, like at our first open house, we did like an open house rental listing. We had the first day, we probably had like 20, 30 groups come in that first day just for a three hour window. So it's... And we had a lot of applicants to sift through. Right. This area um, is, is highly competitive rental market. So the units get scooped up pretty quickly. Right. And we did know we had run the numbers that, you know, the the asking going rate for rent versus what we we're paying for mortgage would definitely work in our favor. Right. You know, we this is four three bedroom units, so a 12 bedroom property. So we can kind of charge a premium on the rent like we just rented. So we have only had one turnover in the four years we've owned this place. And we just uh, rented it out for eighteen fifteen a month for the three bedroom unit that we just turned over a year ago, year and a half ago. And uh, we had three days of vacancy. Like literally it was, they moved out three days. We told them we'd paint and everything. So everything was ready to go. And they moved in three days later. So there was three days of vacancy. That's all we've had on this property. 
So do you have, do you handle all the maintenance and everything yourselves or do you hire out like a management company? When we first started out, you know, we had the six month old, so it was kind of manageable. You know, both our parents, uh, her son Marie's parents, my parents live nearby. So it's kind of, it was manageable for us to do ourselves. But once we had the second child, uh, we decided, you know, just, it wasn't worth our time anymore. And we decided to just contract most of it out. But we do handle the calls and then we just kind of subcontract it out to other people to fix repairs or whatever renovations we're doing at the time. Right. We haven't gone with a property manager we still manage our properties, but outsource uh, some of the work like plumbing and electrical and the more complex things. So in terms of the business, I know you said you've got a four family, a four family and a three family. Is the plan to sort of keep growing it and sort of buy more properties and get more renters as time goes on? Or um, are you sort of happy the way things are now? What are your sort of thoughts in the next maybe five, 10 years? Yeah. So we talk about this all the time. We kind of go back and forth, but right now, you know, we feel like we don't want to build a real estate empire and all the complexities that come with that. We really do just kind of want that financial freedom, not a glamorous lifestyle, just the freedom to raise our family the way we feel is best. And, you know, we've kind of already achieved that. And with just these three properties alone, you know, they're bringing $150,000 $150, gross rent. And we actually just put on line and Airbnb. So that bumped up to $171,000 a year in gross rent. So, but net cash flow, what we're actually getting from the property is really only around like $35,000 after all expenses are considered like mortgage taxes, insurance, utilities, and the maintenance throughout the year. So 35,000 net cash flow, but we get to live in one of the units for free. So we have no housing expense, 35,000 coming in. You know, that's not exactly enough to live on. But once we pay off the mortgage, mortgage account, mortgage expense accounts for $67,000 a year for just these three properties. Once we start to chew off mortgage by mortgage, then that's where we get like that full financial freedom just from these three properties. I've calculated that we'd actually be 168% financially independent. So the rent alone after the mortgages are paid off would cover 168% of our expenses that we occur in a year. So we'd be more than financially independent just from these three properties. So the answer right now in our lives is no, we want a simple life and just uh, pay down these properties and live that financial freedom lifestyle from it. So that leads to my next question. What is your strategy with the mortgage? Do you plan to just take it over 30 years or to try to pay it off much quicker to save some money on the interest? What are your thoughts about that? So each property uh, has a 30-year mortgage on it. You know, it was like uh, traditional bank financed. We have pretty low interest rates on them. Like they're all between 3% and 4% interest rates. So the plan is to kind of do the snowball debt payoff method. So pay off the smallest uh, mortgage first. And I calculated, you know, if we do everything, you know, all the excess profits we have and our savings rate, we can pay it off in as little as three years, actually. And then from there, we can pay off the next property in another four years. So seven years, we could pay off two properties. And then that would save us about 40000 in mortgage until we could pay off that final property and then collect that whole 67000 in mortgage payments. Um, so that would be the plan. The plan is to pay off the smallest mortgages first. Okay, so I have a much less technical question than Dennis. Uh, Dennis is the technical person and then I'm... <laughs> I'm just more nosy. Uh, so your renters, do they know that you own the building or do they just think that you're just like another neighbor? No, they're all aware because most of them we met um, at the open houses 
And we were running our own open houses. We didn't have a realtor that we were working with. So we met them there and we're up front, you know, we're the owners. We live on premises or we don't on some of the properties. And so they all know us very well. They know we're the landlords as well as the handyman who comes up and helps them (laughs) out and the friendly neighbor. (laughs) And also, I'm curious to know what, like, your renters, is there like a standard profile? Are they like young families with like a baby or, you know, a baby on the way? Or is it like an older couple who is renting or is it kind of like a mishmash? It varies and it's dependent upon the, it seems to be dependent upon the rooms per unit. The um, three bedroom units we have are families. The two bedroom units seem to be couples as well as the one bedroom units also seem to be couples, some some singles. So it really is uh, hitting all the, the different demographics, all sorts of different ages and so forth. We have quite a variety of uh, tenants. I know you said that your plan was to stay home with the kids, but say once they grow a little bit older, do you still plan to just remain um, you know, at home? Do you want to go back to work? What are you sort of envisioning? Well, I envision homeschooling them. So that'll be a long a long uh, track ahead of me. We want to have four kids, so <laughs> we're not done yet. <laughs> oh my goodness! God bless you. <laughs> we have two right now, a third on the way. So I see that as my my future for quite some time. Next, 15, next eighteen years. Eighteen years, <laughs> I <Wow>. guess. <laughs> Twenty years, really. We haven't worked on the fourth one yet. <laughs> right. Beyond that, we've been um, practicing. That. <laughs> I mean, I I do do a lot of the boots on the ground work with the rental properties. So a lot of times while Sonny's at his job, he'll get a call and I'll go over there. I'll meet with contractors. I'll meet with the electricians. I'll do some of the the work myself. So I do view that kind of as my stay at home job, work from home job. No, definitely very helpful to have someone boots on the ground. I do really love that kind of work too. I I enjoy, uh, home renovation and anything that goes along with right, it. Right. Because Sunmi used to be an LMG <laughs> art school teacher. She's very artistic. She has such a good gift for like interior design. So the way she transforms some of these renovations is amazing. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So when the kids are grown, I don't know, perhaps we would want to increase our portfolio further just for the but fun But you would it. never return to a <laughs> nine to five job. No, I don't think I would. I don't plan to be in a nine to five job for too much longer. Yeah. Well, especially before the show, we you said you had like 700 students a week because you were the art teacher for the whole school. Yes. I, I was actually between two elementary schools in the town I was in. And one school had uh, 400, the other had 350, I guess, um, students. And I, I split the week between the two buildings and it was a lot. And I, I loved teaching. I loved my students and the faculty there. But uh, it was very demanding and uh, all-consuming. So I feel like uh, with all the things we've got going on in our life and our sort of ambitions, uh, not sure returning to something like that would be the most conducive plan. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All I can think about it is you during report card time. <laughs> it was a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, even just to like select A or B or C for 700 students must take, right. you know, two hours just or to even, do something yeah. simple like even that. Even with the young, like put it, yeah, report cards took me hours and hours and hours. Oh, and kindergarten and <laughs> art is just like an, my biggest fear. Anyway, that's totally <laughs> off topic. I just was thinking about that. So 
I want, like I said, I'm the nosy one. So everything seems like it has been so great for you guys. You're young. You have this great family going. You're really successful. Surely there has to have been like some kind of nightmare story with one of these rentals. Um, Honestly, the renting, we do a really good job screening our tenants. You know, we have a large pool to that applies. We have strict uh, scoring criteria. You know, they have to make two and a half times the monthly, uh, the rental income as a monthly income coming in as the whole household. Uh, we make sure they have a 630 credit score above. We do background checks, credit score checks. So every tenant that we've placed has definitely been good. In terms of acquiring properties and then inheriting tenants, there has been a few, you know, shouting matches that happen with those tenants. But, you know, we usually try to do some kind of like cash for keys, you know, hey, here's $1,000 and $500 to move out. We'll give you full security deposit. And usually they're happy to leave. And then we place our own tenant that's, that's good there. But um, overall, I wouldn't say that was a nightmare. And not yeah. to say, you know, we didn't have our sacrifices. You know, in the beginning, when we were first married, we moved into my parents' house. And it was just a little uh, small three-bedroom. But we had a three or four-bedroom, kind of four-bedroom railroad style. But we had nine adults in this little house that my parents my parents owned. We were paying them $500 a month rent just for a little bedroom. But it only had one bathroom. So like nine adults, one bathroom. And that was how we were, sa- we were able to save the down payment for that first property. We did that for two, for two years. Yeah. A lot of people ask us, how did you prepare to make your first purchase, especially since house prices here are so high. Yeah. And, and honestly, it was just humble beginnings. You right. know? And you were a teacher making a 50K salary. I was an engineer and uh, part of the government making a 50K salary. So 100K together, which is pretty good. Uh, but in those two years, we just really scrimped and saved as much as we could. We saved 75,000 in two years just by the frugal lifestyle we lived. And that's how really we sacrificed to get started. It's really amazing how much money you can save if you really put your mind to it and you cut back on a lot of stuff. And speaking about that, um, I was just looking at um, your bio. Sunny, you have here that you flipped 19 cars to pay for your first two years of college. Could you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, I mean, my dad always told me growing up, hey, if you're going to go to college, you're paying for it. I'm not paying a penny of it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you know, luckily my parents were kind of poor. So I got a lot of financial aid and I was smart. So I got merit scholarships, but, you know, I still had loans and I still had gaps in funding. So to pay for, you know, the rest, you know, I did work study, but also I would look for cars on Craigslist and I would find, you know, just Owners who wanted to get rid of their car and want a little more than trade in. And I would, you know, uh, be the first on the scene with cash, buy the car, try to fix it up a little bit, but really just find reliable cars that were being under marketed or undersold, buy them and then flip them. So over the course of my college career, you know, two, four years, uh, I flipped 19 cars and, you know, averaged about like a thousand dollars a car or two thousand dollars per car. And that funded that gap in tuition. That's absolutely crazy because everyone else, like the rest of the world, sees cars as expenses. <laughs> right, right. It took a lot of searching. You know, I had, to, I had to watch those Craigslist ads and be the first on the scene because it's competitive out there too. Yeah, you're much more uh, proactive as a college student than I think either one of us. Was. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely a lot. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't fooling around too. You know, I took 23 credit semesters. It was, I, was, I was pretty serious about it. I don't know how he balanced all of it. He just is a, a power horse there. I'm still commuted from home on my <laughs> motorcycle. High miles per gallon, cheap gas, uh, cheap insurance for a motorcycle too. So. Really? 
Yeah, motorcycle. You know, when I was uh, 17 years old, I was looking at car insurance because my dad wasn't going to pay for that either. And he's uh, it was going to be $2,000 a year for car insurance in the New York City area. But a motorcycle was only $300 a year. So that's why I was like, okay, I'm getting a motorcycle. It's cheaper, better gas mileage too. And the insurance is actually affordable for a 17-year-old. So that's what I ended up doing. That is actually terrifying. It's actually really interesting. You'd think it would be more expensive. <laughs> right. But I think it's just, you can't, you know, if you crash a motorcycle into a wall, you're not going to do that much damage. But you crash a car into something, it could do a lot more damage. Really only damaging yourself with the motorcycle. I guess that is one way to look at it. <laughs> I, when I first met, I was like, okay, he seems like he has his head on straight, but there's this motorcycle. Is he some kind of like motorcycle dude? <laughs> then I found out, no, he's just... Really, cheap. really cheap and practical. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that one hang up when you meet them, right? Like, eh, I'm not super sure. Yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> we have to keep you ladies guessing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taking me out to dates to Wendy's and saying, I love that you order off the dollar menu. <laughs> That's how a we do match it. made in heaven. <laughs> So Sunny, um, I know that you said earlier that you don't want to necessarily work your nine to five forever. Do you have a sort of ideas to what you may want to do when you decide to quit your job? Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I always go back and forth on this, but it's something I ponder on a lot. And it's just, you know, I feel like this idea of financial independence has really kind of taken hold of us and just the freedom it really provides. So I feel like what I want to do is become a speaker and uh, speak to, you know, younger people, uh, maybe like college age or even like high school and just kind of talk about personal finance. Because I feel like if you can really learn it young and really start to put it into action now, it just like compounds. And I feel like there's just so much transformation you can have uh, or like help you can provide to someone uh, who especially is just starting out, maybe have never heard of things like this or never even thought about their finances in a practical sense and just kind of share with them things like what we're talking about today and different things that they can do to really start off their life in a positive, uh, great way. I love it. Money can, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. So then the hardest part of the whole coronavirus pandemic is having to rearrange how your life is going to look semi-normal from now on for the foreseeable future. And a big part of that is just going out and doing little things that you took advantage of before, like doing your errands and going to the post office. And, you know, now everybody is so consumed with keeping six plus feet apart from each other and not touching anything. It's really stressful. Yeah, Kate. And that's why we're so happy that we've teamed up with stamps.com because they bring everything the post office can do to your personal computer. You're able to send packages, you know, do everything that you would ordinarily do. And it's right from the convenience of your computer. And Kate, the best part about it as well is you can actually save money on what you would have paid had you have gone to the post office. Like as an example, you can save up to 40% on shipping. So basically what I'm hearing you say is with stamps.com, I can mail all my packages from home for cheaper and not worry about having to get sick. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's such a win. And if you guys would like to get access to a four week trial plus a scale shipped right to you, you can take advantage of that offer by heading on over to stamps.com 
click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in chain of wealth, one word. So you'll get access to a four week trial plus a free scale. And that's without any long-term commitment. That's stamps.com enter chain of wealth. It's definitely a no brainer if you're running a small business. For sure. Okay. So what does your retirement plans look like for right now? Are you going to go full in on all your rentals or do you diversify in the stock market at all? What are you guys doing there? Yeah, we've been maxing out our retirement accounts for, well, she can't do 401k, but I max out my 401k, my thrift savings plan in the government. And then, but we max out her Roth IRA and my Roth IRA. So we do have that going uh, to hedge our bets, I guess. But really, we want to rely solely on the rental income for retirement and just don't really touch the 401k, the retirement brokerage accounts. Love it. And do you have any books or podcasts that you're currently into? Um, really, uh, I've been kind of consumed just starting my own podcast and running that. So haven't really been doing so many podcasts recently. Um, Well, why don't we, why don't we dive on that and give us a little bit of a pitch there? You've got to name drop your own podcast. Yeah. So we started, my wife and I, you know, we're the hosts of the FamVestor podcast. It's like Family Investor. And we talk a lot about personal finance, but also about just parenting and, you know, raising wholesome families um, that are, you know, intentional, intentional about living our lives on purpose and just creating a meaningful life that's designed around, you know, upbringing a family. And I don't know, some of you want to chime in a little bit. Finding balance between family finance and freedom, freedom to live the life you want, financial freedom travel freedom. And we explore a lot of different topics relating to anything family related, as well as finance. We've had some interesting guests on ranging from real estate investing to a guy who just ran 100 miles and has three kids. Right. And healthcare professionals and someone who has traveled the world house hack to house hack for an entire year. Not house hack, house sitting. House House sitting sitting for Uh, an entire year. Some interesting topics. We have quite the gamut. (laughs) That is quite interesting. Uh, And do you guys have a favorite quote you're trying to live by? This one gets everybody. (laughs) We've got to stump you a little bit. The Marion Williamson one is what Uh, I would say. You can Google one real quick. Google one real quick. I don't know. My dad always told me effort counts for more than genius. So, you know, just that, you know, just put in the hard work, put in the effort and kind of give it your all. And I feel like that's kind of what we're trying to live our lives by, you know, not just sitting down watching TV and zoning out with our life, but really trying to build something great and intentional, uh, design the way we truly feel happiness and fulfillment. And that's what we've been trying to do. So effort counts for more than genius. I love it. Awesome. Sunny and Summary, we've loved hanging out today. Do you have another last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Just to, you know, live below your means. I feel like we have a lot of fun with our lifestyle. You know, we travel a lot. We go to eat at great places, but we try to do it in as frugal a way as possible. And we now, you know, it's such a good habit that we have that we have to have fun doing it. And we love being frugal. And like, hey, this is how much we saved and we got to do this extravagant thing. And it was awesome. And so just live below your means. It doesn't have to be, a, a you know, a suffering thing. It's just something uh to do. And then uh, I think the rewards you get from it uh, really are so monumental in the long run. Money Clan, live below your means. 
We'd love if you'd follow Sunny and Sunmarie. Check out their website. It's famvesta.com. And also take a listen to their podcast. There's some really cool episodes on there. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.